Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum coming up here momentarily. We are live at Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Come on out and see us, 114 South, 3561 West. Having a great time, of course. Uh, we want to uh, remind you about our friends at Cypress Credit Union. With the lowest fees and quickest keys, Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details. We're going to talk to uh, Tanner Mangum coming up here momentarily. Uh, eager to get his thoughts on uh, the quarterback position, obviously, and what's going to happen down there at the, uh, at the Y. Yes, and based on what Zach Wilson said, uh, I think he is anticipating that uh, – if he's ready to go, he's going to get the call. Well, they, in all honesty, I, th- I think you want Zach Wilson sharp by San Diego State. That's the next big game left, right? And they have a really good defense. Their offense is, is really poor, but their defense is really good. And you want to make sure he's, uh, he's ready to go by that game. And, and probably he needs a couple warm-ups to get there. So real quick, we can ask Tanner this as well. If, if, if you were to give, uh, give the quarterbacks a, a numerical score – as far as how well they're they have or are playing what number would you give zach what number would you give baylor a what number would you give Jaren? Like, like, like zero to ten tens across the board <laughs> okay <laughs> all right I, see uh, I don't know that's a that's a tough question to ask they're all playing really well though and that's a good problem to have or they're all they've proven themselves to be good uh, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us, former BYU quarterback, and he's going to be in the studio doing uh, analyst work for BYU TV this weekend. He's our good friend Tanner Mangum. What's up, Tanner? What's up, guys? Thanks for the, uh, the great introduction. I appreciate it. So, so are they making you wear uh, the makeup and the full nine yards on BYU TV? Yeah, unfortunately, I, I, need, I need all the help I can get. They say I have a face <laughs> for radio, so they're they're uh, cleaning me up. But uh, you know, I'll always remember twelve eighty twelve eighty zone giving me my uh, my first radio shot. So I appreciate the, uh, the 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 love you guys have been giving me, helping me out the practice. So Tanner, last week you were on with those guys, and uh, but they didn't cover the game, and this time they're they're covering the game. So yep. uh, what what uh, what uh, what are you expecting against Idaho State? I mean, how fired up will the players be? How difficult is it to play a team like this? What what's the overall vibe? I mean, look, there's no denying it. It's it's Idaho State. It's an FCS opponent. Obviously, it, it was heavily favored. And there's really no doubt in these players' minds of, of how this outcome is going to be. But nonetheless, that doesn't really matter. As a player, as a competitive, as a competitor, you don't really care whether you're favored to win or favored to lose. You prepare this the same way. At least you should. At least in my mind, if you have any type of competitiveness about you, you're going to prepare to go out and dominate. And, and I think for me, I kind of look at it pragmatically. I was, I was always a quarterback. I had to prepare in a very logical, rational sense because I, every week, didn't matter who the opponent was, I had to understand what the defense was doing, what our game plan was, what plays we're running, what weaknesses and tendencies the defense has. 
and 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 then I go out and execute. And you know, I'm not the type that necessarily has to get my 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 heart rate up through the roof to get pumped up for a game. I was always much more cerebral. I think that's a lot of how a lot of quarterbacks are. And so I think regardless of who the opponent is, BYU is going to be ready. And especially with Kalani, the way that he coaches, and he's, he's learned, he's got to make some adjustments in how he approaches games. He's going to have this team ready to, ready to go and ready to go um, you know, make quick work of this Idaho State team. And then you also have to take into account it's senior day. These, you know, these seniors have put in a lot of work. They want to, they want to make sure they remember, they remember this game fondly. And they want to make sure that they take care of business. And so I think those types of uh, factors that go into it are going to make sure that this BYU team doesn't come out sleeping. I think last week was a little bit of a wake-up call against a, team, a Liberty team that they should have beat by more. I think they're going to make sure they come out ready to go this week. Tanner Mangum with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tanner, who should be QB1? If Zach's healthy, Zach. No, not even a question. It shouldn't even be a question. If he's available, if they say he's available, then put him in. He's your best quarterback on the roster. It's silly to think otherwise. And I'm proud of Baylor and the work that he's done coming in as a third stringer. He's done a great job. But if Zach's healthy, he's your guy. As you've analyzed his game, Tanner, what what makes Zach the uh, the the premier quarterback? I think a lot of let's take a step back, and you have to look at first of all the strength of schedule that he played. He had to face Utah, one of the best teams in the country, one of the best defenses in the country, then an SEC team in Tennessee who's playing a lot better now. Granted, they didn't have the best start to their season, but they're looking like a different team right now. Then he plays Pac-12 teams, U.S. teams, USC and Washington, <laughs> two tough opponents, and then a pretty you know decent uh, Toledo team. Granted, that should have been you know that was an ugly loss, but just look at that strength of schedule, and then and then and then compare it to the other teams that not that the other that that Jaron and Baylor have had to play. So if you want to look at statistics, sure, maybe Zach's stats haven't been um, you know juggernaut stats. He hasn't. Uh, torn up the stat sheet. But when you watch the film and you look at what he does, he not only is he athletic, as everyone knows, he can he can make plays with his feet, but he's really athletic with his with his arm talent. In a way, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not comparing him to this player, but just in the, in their the way that they can get creative with their arm slots is you know very Aaron Rodgers slash Patrick Mahomes esque, and just their ability to athletically throw from different positions to different arm slots, different body positions on the run, in the pocket, very athletic quarterbacks. And he is also extremely accurate. And when you look at those, the Utah game in particular, the USC and Washington games, you know, playing a lot of against, against a lot of tight man coverage, you have to be very accurate in those, against those types of coverages because there's not a lot of room for error. The, the guys aren't running wide open a lot of the time you have to throw guys open and and that's what he's had to face. Now, you put him against maybe more mediocre teams where they're playing maybe more more zone, giving you lots more time, and not as much pressure, then he'll he'll tear you up. And 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 I think uh, especially these next two games, Idaho State and UMass and then even San Diego State in the bowl game, it's going to be a much um, more opportune time for Zach. 
And, and I think he's just, if, if he's healthy, if he's in, he's going to show what he's capable of. And as great as Jaron and Baylor have been uh, in, in, in his stead, I think he'll come in and remind everyone of the great player that he is. Is it difficult to get the team motivated in these types of games where you're playing a, a really a subpar opponent in November without a whole lot on the line? And, and don't get me wrong, BYU should win this regardless of their motivation, but is it hard to get up for these games? I, I, just referring back to what I said earlier, if you're a competitor, no. I, I mean, I remember in 2015, I played, we, we, we played Wagner, right? And, and so obviously watching the film, you just you know that you know how the what the outcome's going to be, right? You know they have no business in staying in that game. But needless to say, though, like I'm I'm still pumped. I'm still excited to go out and play, to go out onto the field and play another game, and um, you know execute to the best of my ability, because it's 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 this is who you are. And and I think uh, sure there might be some who have to really work to get up for a game like this. But for the most part, if you're playing. You're up. You're excited. Just to be able to put on the pads, put on the helmet, get out in front of the fans. And, you know, a senior day, it's a little, little more of an emotional game because of that. You're, you're going to be pumped up. And, and also, as I said earlier, Kalani, he's going to make sure that these guys don't sleep through this, through this week. Right? I think last week was a little bit of a scare, the fact that it came down to basically a final possession against Liberty. In a way, it's a little bit of a wake-up call saying, hey, guys, I know, I know – Y'all beat Boise State and Utah State, and you're feeling confident. But you've got to prepare every week. You get you can't take any weeks off. And Kalani's going to have these guys up and ready to go. Tanner, I know a, a guy that you worked closely with, uh, Aaron Roderick, the quarterbacks coach down at BYU. He's a, a nominee for the Broyles Award, which is awarded to the the best assistant coach in uh, college football. Uh, what what makes him uh, who he is? Because he, he obviously was a part, uh, he was offensive coordinator for a time up at Utah, and it was kind of conservative up there, but I think it was because of the influence of the head coach up there. I think Aaron is wired to open things up if he can, and I think that's what he's pushed for at BYU, and he's expecting it uh, from, from here on out. No, you're absolutely right. He was handcuffed at Utah and has even been handcuffed at BYU. It's, it's taken time for this staff to realize that they do need to open it up a little bit more. If it were up to A-Rod, he'd be, he'd be pushing it a lot more up-tempo, keeping things aggressive and dynamic, and you've started to see that as Coach Grimes has allowed his, his, uh, his assistants, both A-Rod and Fessy, to put their mark onto their, onto their offense. Because as we saw... At the beginning of last year, Coach Grimes' offense was very power-based, run-based, jet sweep. Let's establish the run and then and then play action off of it. Um, you know, it was a little bit slower, not as not as explosive. But A. Rod, who wants that, has, has has finally been able to to kind of get some of his some of his say um, into the offense as it's become more of a collaborative effort between the coaches. And you have to look at what also he's done with different quarterbacks, which I think, which I think speaks to his nomination as a position coach. Being able to coach up Zach, coach up Jaron, coach up Baylor, have all those guys ready and able to play speaks to his ability as a coach. And a lot of people don't appreciate him because he's not the most, um, I guess, 
uh, energetic type of personality. He's, he's he keeps to himself. He's calm. He's he's poised. But man, he he's a he's a sharp guy. He knows the game, and he wants to win. And he he he's someone that uh that that has a lot of competitive passion and fire. And it's cool to see him um, finally starting to I guess you know in a way blossom or or you know, kind of um, you know ex- extend his his reach into the offense and I, and I think BYU is going to if they want to find success consistent success you can't ha- you can't handcuff your coaches you can't handcuff the uh, the the explosive explosiveness and dynamic energy that an offensive need that an offense needs and so it's good to see a rod getting the recognition that he deserves okay so last question for me tanner and i'm going to blindside you with this one okay um who of the of the three quarterbacks starting quarterbacks at byu utah utah state which of those guys will end up being the best quarterback that's a great question and it's 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 a hard question to answer, especially when you analyze them and you evaluate them right now because their teams are so different. Utah, all around, is an amazing team. The supporting cast that Tyler Huntley has is is great. It's the best supporting cast of the three. Then I would say Jordan Love's supporting cast is the worst of the three. But if I had to make the prediction. I'm, I, I think it'd be a toss-up between Zach and Jordan Love. And, 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 and that's no disrespect to Tyler Huntley. He's been, he's been incredible this year. He's handled that offense, managed that offense really well. But I'm, I'm picturing long-term professional potential. I think Jordan and Zach uh, are, are, are your best bets. Jordan Love's size gives him a great advantage, his arm strength, his mechanics, his, you know, he, obviously his decision-making has, an, has, has been suspect this year. That's something he'll have to work on. But I think there's potential there. It, it kind of similar to a Josh Allen coming out of the Mountain West, didn't have the best supporting cast, didn't have the best senior year, but has been able to find success at the, at the professional level. That's kind of the, the projection or the, the trajectory that I would give Jordan. And then Zach, I think he's got great, a lot of potential. Again, maybe not the best overall supporting cast surrounding him, but his potential is huge. He's got a, he's got great arm strength, great athletic ability, an innate understanding of the game, and I think the, there's a lot of potential for those two. Tanner, thank you very much as always, and we'll be watching on B, uh, BYU TV this weekend. All right, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tanner. Tanner Mangum, former Cougar quarterback, and. Uh, uh, keep an eye on his mentions after that last opinion because they're about to be full. Well, the interesting thing about what he said there is that Tyler Huntley has played the best this year Out of all three. by a substantial margin. But that's why I asked him the way I did yep. uh, in the, over the long term. And, and it's a tough question to answer, but Tyler Huntley by far the best this year. And I love it that Tanner will come on and have an opinion about it. That's, what, that's why he's been great with us this year. He's not afraid to, to put his opinion out there. And, and by the way, uh, opinion, he thinks Zach Wilson, if he's healthy, QB1, no, no second guesses, no second thoughts about it. Uh, well, that's what starting quarterbacks who have been injured uh, before uh, probably think. 
Don't oh, take really? Don't take my job away oh, just really? because I got hurt. All right, we're live here at Marley's Gourmet Slider, certainly one of our very favorite places. 114 South, 3561 West. Come enjoy, uh, enjoy these sliders, but also in our friend Sam joins us again. Sam, you guys do breakfast too, uh, and extraordinarily well, might I add. Oh, yeah, we got breakfast burritos. We have breakfast sliders. We have all-you-can-eat French toast, bottomless pancakes. Well, we got the hookup. Oh, man, the, the, the breakfast burritos are awesome. Oh, I mean, yeah. they are so uh, it's good. It's going to change your life. They're so stinking good. <laughs> and, you can, here. and you can get them here or at the one in, uh, in Linden as well. And uh, the, the breakfast is just terrific. But, of course, you guys known, are known for your sliders. And the variety of flavors is one thing that I think is really, really cool. Oh, yeah. We take gourmet to the whole next level. We, I mean, you can eat something different here every week for, you know, two months. Like, it's top-notch quality. And I know we've talked about it a lot, but I think it's worth talking about a lot. You're, you're special this month with a, basically a Thanksgiving dinner, the but it's Thanksgiving a slider. leftover slider. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> it's got your turkey. It has stuffing. It has cranberry sauce, you know, mama's gravy. It is so good. The, because who of us has not done that, by the way, after Thanksgiving, where oh, you just yeah. you throw all the leftovers in oh, between a, piece, yeah. a couple of pieces of bread? and it's, it's almost better than th- Thanksgiving itself. It's amazing, <laughs> right? And you can get that in slider form. And you can get it uh, as a run-up, too. See? It ah, yeah, you don't have see. to wait for Thanksgiving. Prepare the palate. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, I like it. All right, and if you come in during the show, uh, you can get a free shake. But if you mention the zone anytime, you'll hook them folks up with those uh, free shoestring fries. Oh, yeah, and those fries are the best. They are very good. Oh, yeah. They're very good. I, I, don't, I don't like the big, thick potatoey fry. I like the, the shoestring. I mean, it's, it's just the perfect. And you, were, you, you mentioned this earlier, Sam, the crunch. Mm-hmm. The crunch just hey, We got it. it down to a science. Yeah, you certainly yeah. do. All right, come on by and see us. 114 South, 3561 West. Thanks, Sam. We appreciate of course. you. Thanks, guys. All right, Josh Parcell joins the show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Want to remind you, join Hanson Scott coming up November 18th from noon to 3 at My Hearing Center in Sandy, 8941 South, 700 East, Suite 204. We are live today from Marley's Gourmet Sliders. We're in South Jordan. We're having a great time. Come on by and see us. 114 South, 3561 West. And actually, real quick before we get out to Josh, Gordon, we have one more pair to give away. I'm handing them to you. What uh, what standard are we going to uh, make our listeners live up to now for that uh, for those tickets? Yes, it is the Jazz against the T Wolves uh, Monday, November eighteenth. The first person that comes in and says, "I love Jake Scott." Wow, that's nice, Gordon. It's kind of sad that we have to to bribe people to give me a compliment, but that that's nice of you. No, I, mean, I don't don't come in and get the tickets if you can't mean it. Well, how are we gonna how are we gonna decipher that? Well, I'm just saying that. I'm just uh, just saying that. So they're on the honor system that they yeah. have to mean it. Yeah, it's like an honor code. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come in, say I love Jake Scott, and you have yourself two jazz tickets to the T Wolves game on Monday night. All right, Gordo, let's uh, jump out to the Sprint special guest line. Uh, Sprint is uh, the network built for unlimited with great deals on great devices every day. 
excuse me, visit the Sprint store near you. Uh, joining us now, of course, he joins us weekly. Uh, he makes the magic happen on Sirius and XM Radio. He also, of course, does the College Football Country podcast and a daily show on WFNZ in Charlotte. He's our friend Josh Parcell. What's up, Josh? What's going on, fellas? How are you? Man, Josh, you're not busy enough, are you? No, not at all. I just got off the air about 30 minutes ago for my second show of the day and uh, <laughs> fired up to talk a little bit of Utah with you guys. Yeah. Well, what do you think, uh, Josh? Uh, the college football playoff rankings came out. Uh, Utah and Oregon are obviously right there. Uh, what do you think would have to happen to have a Pac-12 team represent the playoff? So I know this has been hotly contested in, in your neck of the woods this week. I, I Maybe I'm crazy, but I, I think the winner of the Pac-12, assuming it's a 12-1 and champ, is in a really good spot because the winner of that game, Oregon-Utah, would then have conceivably a win over a fellow top-10 team. I can't imagine the loser of that drop out of the top-10, you know, little playoff rankings. So that happens. You know, let's say they're being compared to a one-loss at-large Alabama. I know that's kind of the elephant in the room, right? I think that a one-loss Pac-12 champion is going to have a stronger resume than the Crimson Tide. Now, if you ask me who would win on a neutral field between those three teams, who's the best football team, I probably think it's Alabama. But I don't think that the committee is going to give Alabama the benefit of the doubt if it's a one-loss Pac-12 champion with that win over a top-10 team. Alabama's best win this season will likely be the Auburn win if they were to win. We're assuming they're, they're a one-loss team at the end of the year. They beat Auburn. Okay, I mean, that's a really good win, but it's not better than beating Oregon or Utah in that head-to-head matchup. I think that's enough. I really do think the Pac-12 is in good shape. Uh, I think they'll have a stronger resume than the Big 12 champion, whoever that is, Oklahoma, Baylor, no matter what. I guess you'd have to be nervous that Baylor goes undefeated, but if I'm being honest with you guys, I, I don't see Baylor running the table the rest of the way. They've, they've squeaked by against some inferior opponents the last few weeks. I think that's going to come to an end. So I, I, I like the pac 12 chances. I, I don't think that they should freak out because the committee has Alabama 5 now. It is a snapshot, not a projection. If Utah takes care of business the rest of the way, or, or even Oregon, I don't know that this is going to be – I mean, it'll be a debate, but – I just think that Utah or Oregon would get the nod over Alabama. So uh, let me ask you this. Does it have to be an impressive victory over Oregon, or does the margin of victory, the beauty involved in that game, does any of that matter? Because when you read what Rob Mullen says or listen to what he says in the teleconference, he's breaking down them their interpretation of what's a good loss, what's a bad loss, what's a great win what versus what's a good win. I, it, it's just, it's just mind-blowing to me i don't know how you do it so you know it's funny i I think that we screwed up as a society as it comes to college football when we expanded the playoff to four by allowing a committee to pick the teams the bcs system in and of itself was actually a good system it was just that there weren't enough teams that could play for a championship there were only two you know, the BCS is objective. It's a computer-based formula that relies on strength of schedule and all sorts of other metrics, and it's inarguable at the end. It is, an ob- it is objective. With the committee, you've got Rob Mullins now having to give these convoluted explanations as to why certain teams are ranked ahead of others, and there is never going to be a uniform criteria 
that is going to fit and be able to justify every single ranking because there's all these, these schedules are not equitable. The Pac-12 schedule is different than the ACC, than the Big Ten, than the Big 12, and one win's going to look better than another win, and this loss going to look better than that. It's impossible to justify every single ranking using the exact same criteria. There's going to be a level of objectivity, or rather, I'm sorry, of subjectivity, of bias that's going to play into the decisions that the committee makes. So I think in that standpoint, I wish that we had expanded the playoff to four. I actually wish we had expanded it to eight, but I wish, had they expanded it, keep the BCS system. That way Rob Mullins doesn't have to give these explanations. I know that didn't answer directly your question, but when it comes to that game, Utah and Oregon, if they're both one-loss teams, it's kind of a catch-22, right? Because it, it, one side says, well, let it be close. Let it be an epic showdown. You know, comes down to a field goal, a late game touchdown, or whatever. Where we we know that whoever won that game played their tails off and beat a worthy opponent. And then there's the other side that says, well, you know, if they dominate, like if Utah dominates Oregon, right? Might there might be people who say, well, how good is Oregon really? And then people will start to diminish it because they think that Oregon was somehow not as good as we we thought they were. <laughs> I actually think it would be better. If it was a you know 38-35 kind of showdown where we said, all right, whoever wins this game, they earned it against a quality top-10 team, I think that would actually go further than, say, a 24-7 to win where people start to doubt just how good it really was. The catch-22 you just described is all you got to hear about that the, how stupid this whole thing is. Oh, it's yep. crazy. Yeah. Josh, Bar- it's, Josh it's, Barcell it's is with us. Oh, sorry, Josh, go ahead. No, no, that's it. It's just, it, it is a mess. College football is incredibly stupid, and I love it. <laughs> I think all three of us uh, love it, even though it's incredibly stupid. Uh, I want to ask you about Clemson. You're over there in ACC country, and this, this is probably a nitpicky question for an undefeated team, but it doesn't feel to me, or it doesn't look to me, as that, like they're as good this year. Have they actually taken a step back, or are they just bored, kind of like uh, the Golden State Warriors were over the past couple of years? Are they, are they just bored, and they'll turn it on in the playoff? All right, so there was an element of this earlier in the season. I I would have bought into that idea when they, of course, struggled against North Carolina, when they were a little sloppy against Georgia Tech, even in a blowout win. But, guys, go look at what they've done ever since that North Carolina game. They've covered every spread by an average of 11 points. They've been favored by four touchdowns on average in all those games or more, and they're dominating. And, by the way, like most of, all of these games that they've won, they could they can name the score. Like they win by 38, they win by 41. They could have beat Boston College by 90, and I'm not exaggerating. Like they they were up by 40 at halftime or early on in the third quarter. They're pulling Trevor Lawrence out of games. This team, yes, they're bored, but as Dabo Swinney has been able to use for the last few weeks, they're also motivated by the fact that people are asking the questions like you asked and and wondering just how good this Clemson team is defensively. You know, you may not know the names quite like you did a year ago when they brought back all that talent on the defensive line. Their numbers are equal or better in every major category on the defensive side. They've taken care of the ball much better over the last five weeks or so. I know Trevor Lawrence struggled with some interceptions early on, but it just felt like Clemson was being compared to Clemson of last year instead of just being looked at objectively as its own entity this season. And what they've accomplished this season, they're as dominant as just about anybody. I mean, Ohio State is blowing teams away by 60 points plus. I think they're taking their foot off the gas a little bit later in games than Clemson. If Clemson was was going out there and playing its starters into the fourth quarter like the Buckeyes were, 
I think they would have similar uh, a similar resume, similar scores to them. Guys, I, I, I think Clemson's going to win the national championship. I do. And, and, I, and I love that they're being doubted right now because this team has as much talent as anybody in America. No disrespect to some of the other teams at the top, but I, I do think Clemson's going to win it all. We talked about the, uh, the Pac-12 championship game and the nature of it, what it would need to be. What happens if Minnesota and Ohio State play and Minnesota wins by one point? Say that one more time. If Minnesota and Ohio State play and Minnesota wins by one point. Uh, Minnesota's the Big Ten champ. Minnesota deserves to get in. And then for Ohio State, I mean, it's, it, it, so much depends on everything else, right? I mean, do, is there a one-loss Pac-12 champion? Is there an undefeated Clemson? Uh, what happens with the, you know, the SEC? I, I think Ohio State would probably be on the outside looking in. The Buckeyes have a heck of a resume, though. I mean, you're talking about blowout win over Wisconsin, who still could end up in the top 15. Blowout win over Cincinnati, who nobody's paying attention to, is a top 20 team right now, and they beat them 42 to nothing. So I, I think Ohio State's resume is strong. I think they would need an upset in, I, I guess, the ACC or the, I don't know, I mean, I guess the Pac-12. I, I, Minnesota would deserve to get in. I think it's unfair what the committee has done to Minnesota this week. I mean, Minnesota ranked eighth. I mean, no offense to your guys out there in Utah, but Utah and Oregon don't have a ranked win between the two of them. And Minnesota just beat who the committee said was the number four team, still thinks they're the number nine team, and Minnesota sits behind Oregon and Utah. I don't understand that. I think that's a bit of a bias against a team that was battling low expectations before the season. I know they didn't get off to the best start in the world, but they're playing as good a football as just about anybody right now, uh, and I think they deserve to be ranked ahead of them. So, yeah, I, I get where you're going with that question, but Minnesota wins a close game. I, I think Ohio State will have a hard time getting in, assuming the L- the, or Georgia wins the SEC and uh, you know, Clemson takes care of business, and there's a one-loss Pac-12 champ. I think I think that would get the men over an at-large Ohio State. Call it uh, regional paranoia, but I have a hard time <laughs> believing that the Pac-12 champion gets in uh, over Ohio State if 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 it's a close game and and just not not with not with the uh, esteem with which it seems like the committee holds uh, the Buckeyes. But maybe maybe I am paranoid because of the biases that I think are involved with the committee. Yeah, I I get where you're coming from. And and look, is it impossible to think Ohio State gets in over those teams? No, of course not. And you go back to the same question, right? Who would win on a neutral field? Who would you take? Uh, Ohio State. Most people would tell you Ohio State. Even if they lose a close game to to Minnesota – I think most people are going to tell you that the Buckeyes are a better football team, more talented football team than either Oregon or Utah. I just think if you look at the decisions the committee has made in the past, there have been realistic reasons why they have left out that number five team. And it's been for a terrible loss, like Penn State losing to Pitt a couple of years ago, getting blown out by, I think it was Iowa a couple of years ago. I know they beat Ohio State head to head, but uh, that was the reason that kept them out. It was a terrible, terrible loss. Uh, you know, Alabama got into the playoff a couple of years ago as a one-loss team. They got in over a, uh, a conference champion that had two losses, right? It's never been a one-loss conference champ who's been left out that had uh, a quality loss. And for Oregon, they have a great loss against uh, Auburn. And Utah has a good loss, not a great one, but a good loss against USC. I just think that the committee will, will reward the conference champion. And I do think that they almost want to... I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm giving them a little bit of credit for thinking they want to defeat the bias that, or the idea that there is a bias. 
towards the Ohio States and Alabamas of the world. I'd, I would like the resume that Oregon and Utah would put together. Again, should they both have one loss and it be a top six battle when they meet for the Pac-12 title? Josh, thank you very much as always. We always look forward to the conversation. It's a great time of year, boys. Enjoy it, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Josh. Josh Parcell, WFNZ in Charlotte, Sirius XM uh, College Football Radio and College Football Country Podcast. He gave us a lot to think about, didn't he? He's he's optimistic about the Pac-12 getting in. But it gets crowded. It It, does. It does get crowded. That's part of the problem that there's only four. All right, we'll have uh, more coming up next. We're live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders. The Jazz tickets did go. We had uh, a few listeners come in, but the first one uh, came in and grabbed those tickets. 114 South, 3561 West. Still plenty of time to get some great food, however, so come see us. Great food, and they were rewarded with these cool shirts. We do have some jazz that, gear left as well. Those are, those are worth the trip in, and then if you go over and get yourself a free milkshake and uh, free fries. You're good to go. You are good to go. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Ralph Russo of the Associated Press talking college football. What kind of chance do you give the Pac-12 of getting into the playoffs? I think it's pretty good. I think the bigger issue might be more what if Georgia and LSU play in the SEC championship game. Georgia hands LSU its only loss of the season. But again, I think the Pac-12 is on deck. I I think the Pac-12 is not poorly positioned at all to get its chance. Champion in now that is barring nobody gets upset down the stretch here. You know any kind of upset with Oregon or, or Utah, considering what they have left on their schedule, is going to be really damaging. Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from ten to noon on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. show 97.5 1280 the zone gordon monson jake scott live today from marley's four may sliders and uh we'll have more big show coming up next but uh sam joins us once again we're uh here at the district 114 south 35 61 west uh all right sam let's let's compare gordon's and my flavor combos all right and you can say who did it who did it right okay all right, let's see so i went with the i went with the pastrami rex Okay. I went with the uh, the handsome Rob, of course, the staple. Oh yeah, and then I went with the Thanksgiving with the uh, all the Thanksgiving leftovers. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Let's see what Gordon got. Okay, so I, you got to understand. Last time we were here, I got the handsome Rob, and a couple of the. So I went with something different. I I got the Thanksgiving. Okay, because I couldn't. I got the classic, and I got the Rickster. I'm with Gordon on You're this You're going one. with Gordon yeah, on that that's, one? That's like my perfect one right there. That's a pretty strong combo. Yeah, and yeah, and both of us got those fries because yeah. oh, well, yeah. you can't yeah. not. We're I mean, not. really, you can't go wrong with anything. But And no. and I ordered your cherry pie shake. Oh, yeah. I see Look cherry you, on Gordon. top right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so uh, remind me, what's the Rickster? What's, it's what's uh, it? bacon, right? It's got bacon. It's got the grilled onions, a little bit of blue cheese on there. Ooh. Oh, so good. <laughs> you, I think you, that you had a slight oversight. Well, the blue cheese is just... Just kind of the that it just, just wraps kinda, it all together. Yeah, that does bring it all together. Of oh, course, man, I'm hungry. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go wrong because every one of them. I, I can understand why you might miss that. They're all good. Yeah, 
I mean, you know what it's like? I'm a car guy, right? So it's like driving into a, a Ferrari dealership and seeing 20 different Ferraris there. You're going to miss one. You know, that's what these are like. Yeah. Well, the food is so good. And, and Why don't you make the Ferrari or the, the Porsche or something like that? Oh, yeah. have a name? What <laughs> yeah. would be on that, Gordon? Mm. I'm Help me out here, Come on, Sam. Gordon. This one's on you. You, you uh, yourself. I like the idea of, of uh, premium steak. Okay. Yeah. Really All good right. stuff. It's like Kobe beef or something like that? And then that. maybe I would go with uh, some, some grilled onions on there with some lettuce and tomato and uh, what kind of cheese we're going to put on that? Yeah. Uh, maybe cheddar. Some cheddar cheese. Huh? Now I don't know if you know this, Sam, but but Gordon, it, cheese is his thing. He's, yeah. he's like a he's like a cheese fanatic here. So that when you ask him what kind of cheese, <laughs> no, you're I'm getting a, a well thought out a, answer. I'm a cheese fanatic, but I'm not a connoisseur okay. of cheese because I mean I don't I don't have the sophisticated palate. <laughs> I, I like the good. You know, the good, hearty, plain stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, we should throw out one more plug, at least, for this, too. On November 30th, you are doing the French Toast Eating Contest here yeah. at, at this location in South Jordan. I have alerted David James, and, and it sounds like he's... He's, <laughs> he's pretty confident. He's so pretty excited, excited about, about it. Yeah. He quoted Larry Bird... Who's finishing second? <laughs> so DJ is aware, and I feel like he, you know, Sam, you're confident. Oh, yeah. But I, yeah. I feel like he could be a strong contender oh, as well. Oh, man, we'll see. I'll blow him out of the water. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 114 South, 3561 West. And, of course, uh, mention uh, the zone. They're going to hook you up with free fries. If you get in here tonight, they'll hook you up with a free shake. And, Sam, you're, you're always so uh, uh, great to host us. We love coming out here, man. You guys do such great work. We love yeah. you guys, so yeah. thanks. All right. Well, I'm more coming up next from Marley's at the district, 114 South, 3561 West, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. True championship level teams have aspects of their game that they can lean on. If I could build any aspect of a game that I could lean on, I've got a base run game that opens up all kinds of offensive formulas, and I've got a base run stop defense that's number one in the country, and I've got a loss that already woke me up against USC. If it happens again against UCLA, I'm throwing my hands up and saying, I don't know what to tell you. Because this is a championship-level team, and they decided they were going to sleep on a week that determined everything. A Pac-12 championship, a potential representation at the college football playoff. It's all right there for them to get. If they're sleeping on it and they let a poor UCLA team beat them, I'm going to be disgusted. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. First and foremost, Gordon, we want to say a big hearty thank you to our friends here at Marley's Gourmet Sliders. They are the best. Uh, they've got a great operation. The food is obviously terrific, and they take really great care of our listeners. Let's eat. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm getting food, and, and I'm, <laughs> Me too. I've been smelling the food all show, and uh, I'm going to go home and, uh, and, and stuff myself silly. Look, if you haven't been to Marley's before, come on out here and check it out. I mean, the food is really, really good. The quality is so good, and the freshness is so good. The shakes, have you got a free shake? Get on out here and get it. And the fries are free. All you got to do is give us a shout-out. 
Uh, real quick before we get up out of here, Gordon, we've got a Thursday night football game going on right now, and oh, our favorite team to cheer against is playing the the Cleveland Browns. Uh, why do we hate them? Go so Steelers! Much? <laughs> Don't you just hope the Steelers pound them? Yeah. I, I mean, I think I cheer against a lot of teams, Gordon. You know me. I do know I, you. I, I cheer against a lot of teams, but right now the team I'm cheering against in the NFL is definitely the Browns. Just because you got tired of the hype. Yeah, I did, and and uh, Baker Mayfield acting like he's all arrived. Yeah, yeah, they kind of uh, did. Yeah, and and that organization the commercials aren't bad. That organization is like the the anti stability too. Like, why should it work for them? They do everything wrong. Why yeah, should... and and then the, you know they struggled for that time, and then all of a sudden everybody started singing their praises like they were going to be some kind of world beaters before they year. even did anything. Right, and then look at what's happened to them. Go Steelers. <laughs> okay, Steelers. Uh, do you know that the Steelers, the Stillers, have the greatest uh, percentage of female fans more than any other hmm. NFL team? How about that? Uh, coming up right around the corner, we have the Movie Zone, and it is an on-remote version of the Movie Zone. In fact, uh, right up the road from where we are right now at the uh, at the district, Austin. I guess a uh, big celebration with the Ford versus Ferrari yep. movie. Ford v Ferrari. Matt Damon, Christian Bell. We're out here at the District Megaplex. Uh, the Carroll Shelby, owned by the Miller family that they use and drive in the movie, is here on site. Come on by, wow. have some fun. Oh, awesome! Hey, yeah. go have some fun with Austin and Adrian and make sure and check that out. And I've heard that movie is really, really good. So uh, big movie zone coming up next. Stay tuned. Big thanks again to Marley's. Thanks to all of our listeners who dropped by, Gordon. We had a great response. Uh, we also want to say thanks to Josh Parcell, Tanner Mangum. Um, oh, Matt Stevens, oh, yeah, yeah, UCLA yeah, yeah. broadcast. We've got those all up online, 1280thezone.com or wherever you find your podcast. Just simply search out The Big Show. Gordo, I'll see you tomorrow. Well, I'll see you. And thanks to all our listeners. We do appreciate you tuning in. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.